Guys, there are so many flavors to my new favorite drink can with two ends. I can't even choose my favorite one. Ooh. There's grapefruit rosemary. There's blood orange cardamom, lemon lavender, ginger lemongrass. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sounds like a drag queen. Cranberry sage. I just can't yeah. get enough of this. What's your favorite, Brent? Tonic. Uh, literally all of them because they're basically 30 calories each and that's oh. all I care about. That's all I care about. Well, and there's also two milligrams, of there's two milligrams of THC and four that's milligrams right. of CBD as well. So you care that's about right. that too. I care yeah. about that as well. I mean, obviously I, I need to get, I need to take the edge off at the end of a long day <laughs> of looking on the internet and Googling things. And <laughs> at, at, uh, what's it called? Liveleak.com. Liveleak.com <laughs> and, and, and Wikipedia rabbit holes. So well, if you're looking for for a good time, go to drinkcan.com. That's can with two N's and use the code WORSE, W-O-R-S-E, for get, to get 25% off. How exciting is right. that? Save oh. some money and get off at the same time. I oh, love it. So good. Making it worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Meh. Textual healing. Okay, so long story short, Amazon. How short banned, is it? Um, <laughs> Amazon banned a book called When Harry Met Became Sally, Responding to the Transgender Moment. It's a book of dubious authority that labels trans people mentally ill and Amazon's refu Amazon's refusal to sell the book, however, has drawn the ire from four Republican senators who penned an open letter to Jeff Bezos accusing Amazon of curtailing right wing speech. Uh, Rubio in particular, uh, let's see, the four senators were Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Mike Lee and Mike Braun. Uh, you know, the, the usual suspects when it comes to things I hate. Uh, Rubio went on a rant on Twitter saying that the company wants tax breaks, but then doesn't support right wing speech or former President Trump enough. Um, oh, Amazon brother. doubled down and reiterated their stance that they will not sell any content that deems LGBTQ identity as a mental illness. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting story. I, I do love these like, these like, you know, free market, uh, Republicans who will get yeah, mad yeah. at companies that don't mm -hmm. do exactly as they say. Uh, it's always like a little ridiculous to me. There's um, such a there's such a contradiction there. To me, it what blows me away about this is that, and I think fundamentally, what how people should look at this is Amazon's decision is not a political decision. I mean, you can, yes, everything can be made political, of course, but it is fundamentally a human rights issue. If you view someone by their identity and you don't, you don't politicize their identity, be it through their ethnicity, through their gender, through their sexuality, whatever it may be, Amazon is making a, not a civil rights, a human dignity health issue, if you will, by saying, well, this is just by scientific standards, by every standard out there, by medical authorities and scientific standards, a transgender person is, they are the gender, they, gender is a social construct and that it has been pushed on us. And this is mm -hmm. how, this is a perfectly healthy expression of their gender identity. And so thus this book goes against science and we won't have it. Mm -hmm. That's I don't fully understand what Rubio's point is about, I, I guess I understand the fundamental idea of him saying that Amazon wants tax breaks. Sure, of course, I get that jargon. But what does it have to do with them not supporting 
a former president enough? What does that matter? I, I just think he, he they're he, looping cons- it in. He considers the Republican Party the party of tax breaks for corporate uh, entities, and therefore they should, I, I suppose, get what get get their way if they make a complaint. And he's saying we've given you all these tax breaks, and and yet here you are turning your back on us because <laughs> he thinks of this this I guess this book when Harry became Sally is like a yeah. part of the Republican revolution, I guess. <laughs> turning their, well, turning our, turning their back on, turning their back on not supporting anti-trans. I, I, well, it's, it's like, not, yes. they don't have to, that's the thing. It's not, I think you're thinking of it as being like, how could they not support trans people? Which of course, uh-huh. yes, how could they not support trans people? We all should be supporting trans people. But to them, they, for whatever reason, religious, politically, whatever it is, they've politicized trans bodies and trans identities. And so, because of that, they think that this is wrong. Whereas Amazon is not making a pro or anti-trans statement in any way. They're making a almost a scientific statement saying right. all evidence points to that this is just how the body and the gen how our bodies work, how we work as a human being and how human evolution has has evolved. And so you're going against this book goes against science, and thus it is dangerous. Because of that, it is putting out false information that could be da- potentially dangerous to people. And so we're pulling it. I get the whole free speech thing. And I do think there is a free speech argument that can be made about people putting out information that is a what they believe to be. Mm-hmm. But there's also a line where, you know, just like I, I think of the German sort of model of this where you know, you can't put out information that is just categorically false, that is just against science and against reasoning that is mm-hmm. accepted. You know what I mean? Like you can't put out that information because it leads to dangerous things like <laughs> Hitler. It leads <laughs> to dangerous, you know, rhetoric that could that could potentially harm people. And so Amazon's taking a step to pull it. And I well, I, say I, I just did some research and uh, when Harry became Sally is available on Walmart.com and it is sold out. So, so for all of for all the it's not for real, of, is it? Yes, it is available on Walmart.com oh, and sold God. out. I mean, I'm sure thing- it's so, I'm sure the people who bought it have nothing have no idea what that even means. There's <laughs> right. a larger there's a larger argument to be made of like, you know, how do you where's the where do you draw the line between a, a book about political ideas that maybe we disagree with that we th- we think could be potentially dangerous, but is actually their, you know, held beliefs, political beliefs about how things should be run in a democracy. And like, it it's a, it's a tricky line about what can be pulled and what can't be. I get that yeah. and I respect that tricky line. But in this case, I do think that this is, it's unhealthy yeah, it, and it seems, it's dangerous. It seems reasonable. Yeah. yeah. What's, seems, what's more reasonable. pathetic, writing the book when Harry became Sally or buying the book when Harry well, became Sally? Well, I do <laughs> enjoy a good pun. I do enjoy a good pun. Mm-hmm. And I will say, even though I don't agree with the pun, I respect it nonetheless. Oh, I, I don't think Rob would. Reiner would be happy about this pun. No, he would not. He would not. God, I love him. I want him to hug me. Not even joking. I... Oh, we have talked so much before we started this intro, and there's uh-huh. I, I, I'm so excited now about our guest. I was before, but now I'm really excited because it involves butt stuff and Oprah. Guys, <laughs> Lacey Mosley. Lacey, hi. Hey, Lacey. How are you? Hi. I'm great. <laughs> I'm really good. Well, you before before we get into the other conversations that we're definitely going to talk about that have nothing to do with what you actually do, you are host <laughs> of a great podcast called Scam Goddess. Amazing. Well, we're going to talk you. about scams, mm-hmm. but we first have to talk touch on a few things that we talked about before we got on the air. First off, we found out you had, as a child, a room in your home dedicated to Oprah. Yes, dedicated to Oprah Winfrey. My mom is- Like just a rhyme? Yeah. 
So what? Just what, Elliot? Like a shrine? Oh, I mean that, and it was a guest bedroom, but it was the Oprah room. So if someone wow. stayed in the Oprah room, that was their guest room, bedroom. There's mm -hmm. another guest bedroom. That was my grandpa's room. So we just called it grandpa's room when everyone stayed in there. Mm -hmm. And Oprah room was cool because my mom had collected all of this fucking merch and shit from everywhere. Wow. So she had this huge poster frame that was just Oprah with a book and it said, read. I remember those posters. Yeah. She's, she's been to the Oprah show several times. She had all the Oprah t-shirts hanging in the closet of that room, which obviously you can't wear or touch. And then oh, yeah. she also like went to some book signing and like, was like, I want the cardboard cut out. So yeah. like, oh, give it to me. And they her. gave it to her. So it was a whole room honoring Oprah in our house. My mom's like personal influencer was Oprah. I remember Oprah had a special episode where she was talking about the movie 13, which you've oh, never heard I, of that movie. I remember this. It's got, um, what, Nikki, what's her name? Nikki yeah. something. Oh, yeah, oh, Holly Hunter's in it. She was the one that was out. Holly Hunter is that Holly bitch. Hunter. Yeah, Holly she Hunter is. She is that bitch. Everything. Yes. Yeah. And mm. so she's in it, and um, it's all about Evan these Rachel young Wood, girls. Right? Evan yes. Rachel Wood, yes. Yeah. It's all about these young girls who are bad and. Sexy. And one of them wrote it, right? Like a kid wrote it. Really, I didn't know that. Team. I think one of the girls, one of the two girls in the film, that one of them's a writer, credited as a writer on the film. I believe I could oh, be wrong. What? I could be wrong. See, I, okay. I'm, I'm surprised Holly Hunter's in that movie because I find her so like disingenuous. Like the way she enunciates everything so perfectly. I love She's her like, for that. Hello, I am Holly Hunter. Would you like a cup of coffee? It's just like what a. Well, you have to do it in her. I you have to do it in her southern her. accent. It would be like, yeah, I, I like, want a cup, cup of, of coffee. coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah sure. there you go, Alan. That's it. <laughs> Yeah. He's a chameleon. Well, okay, so 13 movie, special on Oprah. Yeah. So my mom was like, you got to watch this movie because I don't want you doing petty theft and anal at the age of 13. <laughs> right. And my right. mom's not against anal. She was just like, I remember one time I was on a cruise and I was talking to my mom about my boyfriend because me and my mom are very open and cool. Mm -hmm. Like she's only 21 years older than me. I mean, Every clearly. time I post a picture, everyone's mm -hmm. like, oh my God, who's that bad bitch? I'm like, please stop. That's my mother. Uh, I used to think it was cute. <laughs> I used to be like, oh, people are being nice to my mom. But then we started going places and like, we'd be at the restaurant. They'd be like, do y'all want to split the check? And I'd be like, no, bitch, she birthed me. She paying. What's, what's happening? It's too much. Right. But yeah, so wow. she was, She just told me that she don't do anal until you, like Whoa. at least for a, for a woman, she was like, just wait till you married. You don't want to do anal and then break up and then you did anal. And I was like, no. I don't know. <laughs> Oprah really was the vessel line. for, so, I mean, Oprah for myself and Elliot, I know for sure was the vessel in our childhoods. I mean, I was obsessed with Oprah. In fact, I have been on the Oprah show years ago, <gasps> years ago. And Wait, speaking of up? anal, speaking, you know this Brent, speaking of anal, I smelled Oprah's chair. So like I was on because uh, I was doing like, I was doing like what? Shirley MacLaine jokes in my act and Shirley MacLaine mm -hmm. was going to be on the Oprah show and a producer saw me do my bit about Shirley MacLaine. So they brought me on to be like a Shirley MacLaine talking head segment person, whatever. Shirley Aww. Stan. <laughs> I was a Shirley yeah. Stan basically. And I, they let me warm up the crowd beforehand, which was totally my audience. It was like gay men and middle-aged women. Wow. It was like my crowd. And I did a bit where I was like, I'm gonna do the one thing that everyone's wanted to do on the Oprah show since it started. And I smelled the butt of her chair. <laughs> wow oh, yeah. i'm so proud of you yeah it was a wonderful moment <laughs> in my life i love oprah Such that is yes. yeah i don't think i somehow don't think i knew that you had done that you really that's so funny yeah. wow well yeah. you know, we learn anyway. new things about us every day Lacey, yeah, 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 you're absolutely. fantastic. We've had such a journey in the last 10 minutes that we've known each other. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm so glad that you're here. My mom's going to kill me. 
Scam <laughs> goddess is so fun. I love a good scam. I love a good moment of scammery. What yeah. is your all-time favorite scam? That's, That's a tough so question. For it is scam tough, goddess. What, what's the mm. one? What's the one that you're just like when you're at a party and someone finds out you host a podcast called Scam Goddess? What's the scam that you talk about? You're asking me to pick my favorite child. But I will say one of the there's two that are super titillating to me. Well, three. I'm, I'm gonna mm. have to give you three, and they're mm. different for various. You're here for reasons. thirty minutes, so keep it brief. Mm. Uh, I will. I will. I will keep it succinct, honey. Mm. <laughs> so first one and the reason why is that it's a modern scam and i love a fucking modern grift because it's harder to scam mm -hmm. right now back yeah. in the 80s when Ooh. you know we just mm -hmm. got computers and them shits was green and the ghost was coming you know i'm yep. talking about the movie ghost i wasn't alive in the 80s <laughs> yeah. and but you know it was easier the girls it was easier you didn't really need no good ids and shit yeah, right. but like to do a scam like this in the current time where everyone has insta twitter people can find out so much about you with one quick google mm -hmm. um anna delvey uh the scamming oh heiress who shonda rhymes like bought yes. the rights to her show yes. Yes. for three hundred thousand dollars and she had to give the money back in restitution which is trash but she was the heiress <laughs> she pretended that she was an heiress in quotes and then she scammed oh. a bunch of rich people in New York and told them that she was about right. to start a nightclub and she was staying at the nicest hotels and when they were like honey we need coins she was like oh the wire I'm about to wire y'all oh the wire actually broke in the middle so they putting the wire back together and then when it's back together we gonna wire you the money like she yeah. just wow. stole from yeah. everybody and she had she my stole from rich quote. people Kind of like a Robin Hood, yes. but a female Robin Hood. Well, right. Which I for love. herself. For yeah. herself. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> but my favorite quote from her was like, she was in court and they were like, what do you have to say for yourself? Like at the sentencing, she was like, I am not a good person. And I was like, yes, oh, wow. Wow. Yes, go off. The drama. <laughs> Shonda Rhimes You know, I wish I, I, more people would just say I'm not a good person. Like yeah. you don't have to pretend. Right. Like, don't gaslight us. You bad. You, you know, one of, one of the most fascinating things about people who are like, like lifetime grifters is Alan. Stop laughing. Uh, funny, no, I. Sorry. No. Uh, people who are lifetime grifters is that they are so brilliant and breathless at lying. And there was yeah. there was a story I heard once about Bernie Madoff, where a bunch of uh, you know he was investigated a couple times by like the SEC or something. Mm -hmm. And at he's one a fun point, one. yeah, he's a great one. Uh, you've, I'm sure, you, of course, you know all about this. At mm -hmm. one point, they they're like, we need this ID number. You're, you have to have this ID number and we need to check up on it. And he of course didn't have it, but he successfully rattled off a number in just the right order that seemingly sounded like it was accurate. So much real. so that they didn't check it. They ended up not checking the number. Wow. Uh, and, and you're like, so, so this guy, I mean, cause if I told you, Elliot, think, come up with an ID number, you would, you would say, I don't fucking 69. know. 69, that's what yeah, you right. say, a 69 right. joke. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but like, he would have to know how long it, it would have to be, if there's mm -hmm. letters, if there's numbers, that's like a really complex thing to be at all times prepared for. Yeah. And that's, that's like a level of brilliance that like, is, He's is one of the best to ever do it because mm -hmm. he scammed into old age before he got caught. Like he yeah. was very cute with it. And one of the things that I loved about his scam was it was so funny. So he got like this surprise audit where the girls, you know, the government girls pulled up and they were like, hey, we need to see those files. And so they were upstairs cooking the books 
like it was stir fry. And then they started throwing them shits around so that they looked older than what they were because the books were obviously brand new. They just printed them. So they started playing a catch in the office. Can you imagine coming in and wow. shit is on fire? They throwing shit away. They shredding shit. And then it's some just some niggas over here to playing catch with the with all the files. <laughs> That's what they did to make them look old. And I was like, yes, Bernie. Yes. Bernie Madoff was kind of hot. Kind of hot. You know, like I a, know what you mean. Like yeah. a, a he, he kind of he had a handsome sort of like man. I will hug you and I will let you know everything's gonna be okay, but you know it's not gonna be okay. But you can't mm-hmm. let go. You can't mm-hmm. let go. That's I'm attracted to intelligence. I like yes. him a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Second, I would have to say yeah, is um there's a fruitcake scammer from Texas. <gasps> I'm from Dallas, so I love a Texas scam. Wait, is yeah. this Alan? Are you talking about Alan? Oh, okay. No, okay. <laughs> And funny. so this guy, God, I can't remember his name right now, but he it's fine. fruitcake. We'll go with fruitcake. Yeah. yeah fruitcake. So yeah. he like worked at one of the most famous fruitcake places in the world. It's in Texas. It's in South Texas. I want to say mm-hmm. like outside of Austin. Like but um, he mm, that's not it. It's it doesn't close. matter. Yeah. But he um was so he was just like. I think his name was like Sandy or Shelby or something. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But he was like the most modest, like guy you would never look at, most invisible type of person. Got this job doing the accounting for this fruitcake place, started robbing them blind, honey. Yeah. And he got into the society of this small Texas town. And he also just made a bunch of wild ass purchases that I was like, yes, this is lit. Like he was buying like mm-hmm. gold bricks. And then when the FBI came for him, he hid them in the woods. And I was like, yes, right. King. This this is everything. That's like, so Shawshank Redemption of him. Mm-hmm. It was cute. I was like, Morgan Freeman definitely needs to be involved in this motion picture. <laughs> it was so good. And then <laughs> third, yes, third, I'll say third, of the top please. three, which is like, this is a nasty man, but he's dead. So, you know, sure. it's fine. Mm-hmm. Lou Pearlman. Yeah. Oh, sure. Do y'all yeah. know? Yes. That know Lou the, Pearlman was a backstreet boy he mm-hmm. put himself in the contract as a member of the band so like who's your favorite backstreet boy the hot one the cool you like, you like, like <laughs> i love lou perlman yeah. the old man yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. my favorite backstreet boy he don't do no dancing but you know he very regal yeah 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 right right cool glasses lou yeah, per- i mean Seeing him on behind the music, like when they did the in sync behind the music or whatever behind the music it was, you just from just seeing him, you know, he's bad. You know, something shady and you know, he's jerking off to him, too. You know, he's in the bathroom at lunch break jerking off. Mm-hmm. And like the whole episode, it was funny when I did it because I try not to read the full episodes when they're researched. I'll do like my own research and then I'll send stuff to my research assistant, shout out to Sherilyn. But then I try not to read it because I love to do improv live. And this mm-hmm. is one where I really didn't have to. And by the time I was like, I hope he's in jail getting his ass beat, beat, beat. <laughs> and at the end, we was like, oh my God, Lou dead? Lou is dead? And Lou is yeah. very much dead. And yeah. uh, when you, very when much you dead. talk about all these scams, <laughs> is there a common theme of suicide at the end of them? No. No. Scammers, you know, they usually love to live. And he didn't yeah. die of suicide. He actually had like um, heart issues in, in prison. Well, look oh. at him. You know he has heart yeah. issues. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he looked oh, like he, he was having three oh, Burger Kings a day. You. I'm oh, sorry. He did. You. He did. But I also love that he, like, started a blimp scam before he even started. Yeah, I was going to say there's yeah. a blimp thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And That's then how he his had career access. started, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And it started as a child. He wrote in the school newspaper and got himself a free ride on a blimp. Then yeah. he escalated that shit. And then he had access to airplane, like, you know, hangers and shit. So then he had the Backstreet Boys in an mm-hmm. airplane hangar with no air conditioning, mm-hmm. dancing. And he would park his Rolls Royce out in front, like motivation. Like, y'all want to ride in this? He was yeah. paying those poor girls yeah. like $35 a day. <clears throat> Honey, yeah, like. That's wild. Mm, no, scams, though. Scams are because I mean, Brent and I are obsessed with true crime. Like we're true crime people, and we anything with murder, it's like we're into it. Not to say anything about us, but there is a difference between a true crime fan audience and a scam audience. Although scam scammers is often looped into true crime, but mm-hmm. it's really its own sort of separate niche, isn't it? Like, do you, are you a true crime fan as well, or is it separate for you? I don't listen to true crime podcasts other than Serial because I was just like, did I, I think Adnan did it. Um, <laughs> yes. But I love true con, which is what I call what I do, because mm-hmm. what we try to do, because there are some cons where people do die, but what we try to do is not have stories or cons that have to deal with murder or death, because like as interesting as it is, I still feel for the people who were really truly a part of that story the loved ones who were left behind mm-hmm. and like yeah. it's, i would not be able to make comedy out of people you know losing yeah. their lives whereas like scams it's so much fun because everything is made up rules mm-hmm. are made up like mm-hmm. every law that we have in place is just some random white man in america who was like this shall be so and where do cults fall in that venn diagram well, kind of, yeah. a, a keith rainier if you will so I haven't done a cult yet, but I am about to mm. start because I just watched a bunch of cult documentaries. Mm. I personally, like, my show is me starting the smallest, kindest, coolest cult. My <laughs> uh, fans are called The Congregation. Um, <laughs> <con> all caps. <laughs> you know, yes. I have prayer candles. It's, yes. you know, I'm warming myself into the cult world. Wow. And I yeah, yeah, yeah. love cults but uh, Keith Ranieri is an excellent scammer because he is just such a weirdo who had just happened to have great hair and somehow convinced everyone to give him their money and time that's a cult, and that's yeah. a cult. I love that for him I love yeah. that. Well, that's what I love Even about though, your but podcast. he was like a nasty man so. oh yeah Ugh. that's what I love about your podcast is like there's the traditional idea of a scam like a Mer- Bernie Madoff like that's a very clear scam but you could with scam you could go in so many different directions with religion with you know, I mean, even just the treatment of women in businesses. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there are so many areas you could go to with how people are scammed and how cons yeah. are pulled over on people. It's kind of incredible the areas you could go with. What, I don't have an example of a scam, but one of my favorite examples of someone who I always call it kind of like gaming the system was I found this article in like a Philadelphia newspaper. It wasn't even like the Times or anything. There was a woman, she's a mathematics professor, and she figured out basically how the Texas state lottery disseminates their Mm. scratch off tickets. And she has won $11 million uh, via four, I think big wins. One of them was like six or 7 million and the rest were like one or 2 million each. Mm. And she just figured out that the likelihood of a ticket being in a certain area in a certain week, and she would go and she would buy like 10,000 tickets. Wow. And she would scratch them all off. And then, you it's know, like the obviously guy. we don't know Is how much legal? money she spent. Yeah, I think so. Um, we don't know how much Absolutely. money she spent. Uh, so I don't know what she what she net in it. But like she figured out how to win the lottery four fucking times in Texas. And I find wow. it That's fascinating. She it's won't amazing. give interviews, by the way. 
And I won't say that that's not a scam. I love that she won't give interviews because she keeps it to herself. And that's I was right. like, look, math is hard. Have you ever just been mad? And I, had, <laughs> I have nightmares. Right, right. right. I have no, nightmares I about no. math. So she worked very hard at that. When I right. graduated from college, the last class that I took, because I was on a tuition scholarship was finance and because yeah. I, I knew i was about to be trash because i started taking it like i think my sophomore year and i was like oh no this is too hard y'all gonna run my gpa down so i waited until i was about to graduate so i could scam them because they can't do anything <laughs> right. oh, that's brilliant i had yeah. the complete complete opposite trajectory mm-hmm. what did you do Child- so I I'm black, obviously, and um, coming I'm openly black. I'm coming out as black, and um, so I knew that people, you know, have biases and discrimination. I'd had campus police be like, "Oh, were you on a scholarship?" And then oh, I'd be like, "Yes." Wow. They'd be like, "Oh, for running?" And I was like, "No, bitch. I like I can run, but that's not why I'm here for." Wow! I'm wow! But I knew that this was a bias. And so I took advantage of it. So I would show up to office hours with teachers, with my finance class and in my sweats. And I'd be like, please, I just really need this. <laughs> Can you give me the answer? <laughs> oh my God. My cousin Blindside is living with his black family in the <laughs> NFL. Oh and I'm trying God. to get this track scholarship and also be Serena Williams. Are you following? And so I would do this. And so when I walked across the stage at my graduation, I whispered in my finance teacher's ear because he was also a fucking dean and he was so hard. I was like, am I going to get this shit in the mail? I don't know if we did it. Did we do it, Joe? We did it, Joe? Oh my okay. God. <laughs> I wanted to try to think of like a scam like are my favorite scam to share with yeah. you. And I think like my boyfriend, Michael I, and I, I think, I think mm-hmm. we are living in our current scam. We are seeing a scam Ooh. happening right now. And it involves something we talked about at the beginning of the show, Target. Mm. So we love these dolls called these LOL surprise dolls. Are you familiar okay. with these dolls? Mm-hmm. LOL surprise? Well, there's a new set of exclusive dolls coming out March 22nd, which when this airs, it'll be after that. But they are actually on the shelves at Target right now they have been putting them on the shelves even though they're not supposed to be on the shelves until march 22nd and we go to the register to buy them and they say oh you can't buy these until march 22nd however clearly they're being purchased because some of them are sold out so there is a scam happening at target i believe amongst target employees where they're getting these insights and they're buying these lol dolls before march 22nd Mm. that is my current favorite scam Mm, it's happening right now at the hollywood target the one on sunset by us Mm -hmm. the one on sunset we should go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna tonight. I'm gonna go. Storm it. We need to Storm go it. and stage yeah. a protest. Yeah, I, right. I, I, I want my LOL. Listen, Target in itself is a scam because every time I go in that bitch, <laughs> I am so confident. I walk in, I don't get a cart, I don't get a basket. I'm like, I'm here for one thing, and then next thing I know, my hands are full of things, and I'm no, like dragging no. a mattress. I know. And I'm like, how did I get here? It's how? heaven. It's heaven. My it's, the, t- it's the best store. My new yes. trick for Target, though, that I wanted to tell you before we started talking, that I, when I am at Target and I can't find something that I want, but I see something that's similar to it, like a clothing item, I will scan the barcode of that item and then buy it on the app as while I'm in Target. So I'm shopping in Target and I'm shopping on Target online mm. at the same time. Cheaper price? No, it's the same fucking price. I just, I have to have <laughs> and it. And now you gotta pay shipping. I'm confused, Alan. No, I get free I'm shipping because I got that red card. I sign up for that wow. red card. I'm a devotee. Wow. Wait, I can share my favorite. My yeah, go favorite ahead, Ellie. Scam. Yes, Ellie. <laughs> um, for me, uh, there's a, there's two. One, I, I guess it technically qualifies as a scam, which is the the baby Mozart uh, uh, yeah. 
line, I guess, when like in the 2000s, I think it was the 90s, 2000s, there was a whole an enormous um, demand for this product for children that was like, I think you'd like played music and stuff for kids, little, little, little kids, like babies yeah. and shit. And I think it was all meant to look as though it was really educating your kid and like, just, you know, just like really laser focusing in on, on the stuff that would really help build their their brains and really, you know, exercise their their yeah. thought process. And it all turned out to be completely, completely false. Like it, like it had garbage, no, yeah. no, yeah, mm. no, no success rate whatsoever. But separate from that, my all time favorite scam is, you know, the game show Press Your Luck. Yes. Oh, yes. This is a fun one. I love this. So Press Your Luck, at least in the 80s, had like that big board and you say like no whammies no whammies stop and it would you know <laughs> stop on somewhere on the board because be lighting up on the whole thing and yeah. because it was the 80s or whatever <laughs> and the computers weren't as uh uh you know a, a developed <laughs> they as were they like ghosts now. they were ghosts just like ghosts <laughs> this one guy like from what i remember i think he set up like five tvs in his living room and watched Press Your Luck simultaneously on different televisions and was basically able to memorize the algorithm by which the, the light would jump all over the board. Good and he him. trained himself and he trained Good himself and him. he went on Press Your Luck and made the most money in the show's history. And then I think he got sued and had to either give it back. You or, get sued for no. that. That's just being intelligent. No, Elliot. I know. No, oh. he, no, he, he was he, just he watching the show. He kept it. Yeah. Oh, he kept okay. it. He kept it, but what happened was I think it was some tragic ending because he didn't believe in banks and he kept it in his house and it, he was robbed. Oh, well, that's oh. his dumb. That's, that's when you're the mattress. Oh, too smart damn. for his own good. There's a really, there's a great, there's a great YouTube documentary about it because there are moments oh, where, it. yeah, yeah. There are moments where he, uh, he messes up, but he still, he gets lucky and he doesn't get a whammy. Wow. And so, but you can see in his face, they're like, this is the moment when he knows he messed up and you can see it kind of rattles him and he looks like really jarred for a second. Then he kind of gets back into, into the mode. It's really fun. It's really Send fun me that link. I want to watch that. Yes. I, I need I to watch this. Yeah. What's your I love that for him. I hate no, that I he got did. robbed though. Yeah, that's why he's got to be quiet. Like you, that's my biggest thing about scams. And I tell every listener because our listeners love to email in their scams and be like, this is what I did or this is whatever. And I'm like, don't email this shit in until you're retired. I'm not trying to fuck up the back. <laughs> you should never say. talk about right, it right, until it's right. done. Don't sign your name. Alan I'll never scam. say your name. Yeah. Alan yes. scam. He worked, used to work at a movie theater oh, in, God. in high school. Oh, and he right. literally... It wasn't a scam. We're not going to say the name of the movie that's theater. A, no, it's a scam. <laughs> it wasn't a scam. No, it wasn't a scam. This is what I think. And this is actually leads to a question a that I want to scam it, it, it wasn't a scam because this is what leads <laughs> to my question for our lovely guest so when do you think a scam is less of a scam and more about survival when you're taking from a massive corporation <laughs> and the person is a is a smaller you know struggling artist let's say living in Chicago Illinois working at Gay a movie theater, college student and yeah. they figure out a way <laughs> To, to to work the system in their favor for a short period of time so that they can thrive and go to Mayro's Diner in Chicago. It's a good example of that, what that scam would look like, I guess. Well, it would for be so, something so like, context. maybe like, you know, you work at a sort of a avant-garde theater and there's a lot of rich people who come there and you have <laughs> access to selling, you know, comp tickets to people who are paying cash. And so you sell those comp tickets and then you pocket 
that mm-hmm. cash. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you you only did like one a week. You only, didn't you take like 20 bucks a week or something? Sure. Yeah. Let's just say that. Yeah, you, right, netted, sure. you netted a thousand dollars at least. Alan, right? well, I wish you took more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish you took more. By the way, I have to say your nails are amazing. I'm so Thank jealous. I'm so Thank good. But don't, don't feed his ego. That's <laughs> That's the thing about capitalism, which the scam of my podcast is I just wanted to do a, po- a comedy podcast and I was there were too many and they and so when I went to networks, they were like, there's too many of you girls. So I was like, oh, scams like that's what I'm doing. <laughs> but it's also comedy and it's also anti-capitalist. And what happened to you or what you did, but I'm also going to say what happened to you is like, that's capitalism. Yeah. Daddy capitalism is a bitch. He's always has his hand in your pocket. He's always stealing from you and working you to death. Mm-hmm. So, honey. People steal when the coins ain't right. Because yep. if I have a job where the coins are Gucci and I feel great, <laughs> guess what? Mm-hmm. I will show up on time. Uh, well, on time is like basically like, look, I don't believe in the patriarchal invention mm. of time. <laughs> yeah, nor does oh, Elliot. Yeah. Did that. You know, it's I true. follow my own it's sundial. True. Teddy you know Roosevelt I mean? I sh- did that. You're right. I show up when I feel like it's time. I manifest mm-hmm. myself when it's yeah. time. <laughs> Um, don't judge me. Okay. I'm chronically tardy, but it's a disease. Thank you. No. So, so what happened with you is like, they weren't paying you enough, obviously, because if mm-hmm. the job was too good, you would not be skimming <laughs> no comp checks. So if the yep. job is not paying you correctly, then you have to augment that. You have to fix it for yourself. <laughs> and it's true. No, it augment. really is true. And I think that there's so augment. many people out there, especially people who, you know, like, I mean, I'm, I was an example of someone I was paying for my own college. I had no health insurance. Like there's no mm-hmm. money coming in from any resource and there's nobody helping. No government mm-hmm. assistance, no state assistance. And I wanted to go to college. So I did what I had to do to survive. You did right. Because I'm Thank so, you. I cannot tell you like, I pay taxes. We all pay because I'm not trying to go to Wesley Snipes jail. And <laughs> he's doing fine. He's in coming to America now. He's good. He's good. Mm-hmm. I know. But there's never been a year that was more disappointing to me than paying taxes than paying taxes for 20 motherfucking 20. Because I was like, yeah. bitch, hold on. Mm-mm. I done go funded every motherfucker I know. This okay. Mm-hmm. I'm giving, I had to give coins to the Democratic Party. I had to give coins to my friends. The, the food bank was like, girls, we running out of cans. I gotta go down and get a food bank can. And, and you know, I'm doing all this shit. And I'm like, where is the government? I'm in the middle class. I'm getting taxed out my motherfucking ass. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, girl, you thought uh, we'll take that. But yeah. y'all aren't doing like I read that the government gave $900 million to the military to research triangle tires for (laughs) tanks. And I said, you bitches are reinventing the wheel. (laughs) 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 Meanwhile, I got to help my unhoused people and get them water on hot days, but y'all ain't going to do shit. Y'all not going to do nothing with the money. $900 million for triangle tires? tires that turn from a circle to a triangle. (laughs) I said, bitch. I didn't start making fucking tires. I didn't know there was so much business. Oh my God. <laughs> no. I thought the Goodyear man had it on lock, but apparently mm. there's innovations mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so frustrating. So I think you're absolutely right, Alan, because yeah. if you don't have the support that you're supposed to get from your tax dollars, and yeah. unfortunately, a lot of us don't have the support from our families mm-hmm. um, because maybe they're not in the position to give yeah. more money. My family just wasn't in the position to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say this, because I don't think I've ever said this publicly, but I'm still in my 20s. People are always like, oh, you work so hard. How do you, what is, how is all this stuff happening for you? I have a family who could contribute 
to mm-hmm. my like financially like I never worried about being poor like when I was in New York yeah I was working at a bar where I made hookahs and I was a hookah hoe and fighting people and I have a cigarette <laughs> burn here on my I don't know if you can see it mm. is it the one but in the I, East Village the hookah bar Karma Lounge at the oh, East Village yeah. on, on yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. there was a comedy share that we used to perform there all the time mm-hmm. Brent that's why I started doing stand up yeah that's yeah. the first time oh, I did stand up. Wow. I went I hated downstairs. doing stand up there. Oh, because it was dark and dirty and the chairs were too low to the ground. So... And I you know, don't we also get had foot fetish parties down there. Oh, oh really? What? Yeah, and I would bartend those. <clears throat> and the ladies of the feet would come and they would set up partitions with little like sliding curtains and they would do their foot stuff and I would make that's drinks. That's wild. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that sounds like fun. That's a very like, like New York experience. Right. But I'm saying like yeah. I had support. I wouldn't yeah. be where I'm at without that support, you, but everybody doesn't yeah. have it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm the same way where like you you knew you were never going to be homeless. And so you're able to take mm-hmm. bigger swings when you're yes. like, well, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to starve so I can. Yeah. I can do X, Y, or Z. And, uh, uh, you know, not everyone is- So many people, there are so many people who don't have that, yeah. Yeah. That's why I hate those 30 under 30 lists and shit like that, because everybody's on there cheesing and smiling. And yes, I'm sure those people did a lot of hard work, as have I, I work all the Mm -hmm. time. But what they, no one ever says is like, did you have help? And Mm -hmm. like, how much help did you have? Because I don't think people should be shamed or feeling bad if they're over 30 and making accomplishments when the fact of the matter is, is if you don't have that privilege, then -hmm. you're starting from a different level and you're building higher than those people. Yeah, oh, you, ha- you I, have to, in Lacey's own words, augment that. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. <laughs> you have to. With Lacey, crime. I can't. I think that's a perfect segment to go out on. That you, you're. This was so much fun talking to you. Yeah, like it literally, just such a surprise joy of the day. Where can people find you and find the podcast and everything going on? So you can find me on all platforms at D-I-V-A-L-A-C-I, Diva Lacey. Um, if you want to wa- listen to the show, it's comedy, it's scams, at Scam Goddess Podcast on all platforms. If you want to see me on television, um, I Carly will come out this summer. Um, and then I can talk about this. Holy, sh- I've never Ooh, been please, able to talk about it. this. But um, I'm on a Black Lady Sketch show. So a Black Lady yeah. Sketch show will be coming awesome. out in April. On and HBO, right? There as well. Yes, on HBO and yeah. on HBO Max. So it's yes. a, like 11 on Fridays, but if you want to watch it on HBO Max, you can as well. But I'm also I'm a player on that show. I'm a I also want to say you're show. on Florida Girls, which is like, the, if there's any state that's known for scamming, it's Florida. So you're <laughs> oh my God. perfectly on brand. Yo, yeah. that hurt. It hurts my heart with Florida Girls because unfortunately due to COVID, we yeah. only had one season because we basically were supposed to be filming this time last year. But if you want to watch the first season of uh, Florida Girls, which is so fun and so amazing and honestly, some of the best television work I've ever done because I'm obsessed with Laura Chen, you can see that on Showmax. So if you want to have a fun season, 10 episodes of just Ratchet, it's over there. (laughs) Well, thank you. At one point, I'm stuck in a fridge. I love it. I love it. Thank you. And another thing. So Adam Barron, uh, who I actually know back from New York. I know Adam, uh, too. Yeah, he's a filmmaker, um, and he is uh, debuting a short film called Trade Center at South by Southwest um, Mm -hmm. this this week. Mm. And the film um, documents the underground of the World Trade Center as a spot for gay and queer men to cruise back in the day in New York. Um, And, you know, the whole film recounts it, and apparently uh, they talk about how... um, in the, you know, there was there would be Jewish like Hasidic men and businessmen and all these people would get together 
quietly, you know, under the World Trade Center and on the uh, in the men's room, there was a, a 12th floor that was apparently usually um, off limits for most employees, but he's but a horny uh, janitors, I guess, would <laughs> help or horny people who work in the building would help, you know, appease cruising mm-hmm. cruisers to looking for places to hook up. Um, and I, I personally had no idea. I mean, I'm too young to remember, but um, I had no idea that the, the World Trade Center was a uh, famous I think, spot for cruising. I think every spot, if it has a enclosed space that could be kind of private, the gay men, the gay men are like dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. You know, life finds a way. It's kind of like, <laughs> they'll find a way. This was an example of like uh, hearing a story I I, uh, I think, uh, like you just said, Alan, it made sense to me. I'm like, yeah, you know, World Trade Center, lots of people, closet people probably work there. I could see that there would be lots of nooks to hook, to hook up in. Um, but then like it, then it became, and this is so classic, I think of gay culture. It became, the, the description became, well, if you went to this bathroom at any time, you would see seven guys jerking off. And I, I don't buy that. I just don't, I yeah. literally don't believe that, I know, that it was ever I, that out of control. I agree. I am fully with you on that. And I've always felt the same way that there is There's this, an exaggeration. Oh, this exaggeration and this yeah. sensationalizing where I'm sure this was real. I'm obviously this is real. They made, you know, there's an entire yeah. film about it, but I think these stories have, and were always, exaggerated so as to fuel the sensational idea of it and the sort of sexiness of being gay and Mm -hmm. I found it so frustrating from the moment I came out because it made me feel inadequate in that Mm -hmm. I couldn't find these places (laughs) and and I actively looked for them. Well they found you but yeah 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 yeah. you've made up for lost time don't worry. (laughs) It's not (laughs) true (laughs) but I will say just to just to you know maybe play devil's advocate a little bit that it isn't just gay people that exaggerate (laughs) history in this way. You know, like Mm -hmm. history has a way of being very exaggerated to a point where the reality of what it was really like is kind of boring oftentimes compared to the stories we tell because they're stories and we want to make them more interesting and appealing and they're passed down often. So it's, there's this weird sort of, a uh, game of telephone that happens. And at the end, it becomes yeah. this seven people jerking off in the middle of the World Trade Center. Right, and Donald right. Trump walked in and declared he was president or something. <laughs> right, it's right, it's right. this, it becomes this really crazy story. So I think it's fair to, you know, recognize that history can be exaggerated, but also that it's not only gay people who For do sure. This. 100%, yeah. Alan. It is kind of funny, though, to think that, like, there was a floor devoted to, like, jer- like jerking yes. off and, like, hand jobs. Yeah. And, like, I would imagine it would be odd to be the one who's like, oh, uh, floor 12, please. <laughs> You're right, though, because they say, this is an article in GQ about the film, but there's somebody in the film who says that, uh, quote, all the way in the back, there were 10 urinals, and that in the middle of the day, there'd be five to seven guys jerking off uh and the film gave the imp- gives the impression that because of this that this kind of activity that happened any time of day despite how bustling the building was had been going on as long as the building had had alcoves like you said to square any away in, in the, beneath the staircase unused offices storage rooms rooms guys... that required keys i just i find it i find it un- unnerving have you <laughs> Unnerving. Unnerving. Yes, because it's like because yeah, no, I agree. Unnerving. I'll let let me let me explain why. Because when I came out, I read a lot of books. 
a lot he's, of books. He's most covering them, his face. Elliot's most of them were yeah. most of them were not helpful, and nor were like the magazines. That everything was a everything was a mistake. Of course, I was trying yeah. to base right, right. my coming out on everything that I read, and I was almost doing it like like in an academic way. Mm-hmm. And I bought a book that, or I, there was a website that was all about telling you where to cruise. Oh yeah, um, I remember and this that was two thousand one. So yeah. it's not like before the inter you know it's not like no. it was AOL days but still there was a website and i would take that website and print out places around manhattan and be like yeah. i'm Put going to pocket. cruise yeah. and i would go to these places and of course i was like a dumpy little weirdo but at the same time <laughs> i'm like wait i would go to like a furniture store and like wait in wait around the bathroom area to see it. and it's like wow. nothing yeah. did you ever happened. see anyone did you ever see anyone in Why, all of your attempts do, do, what do you think well, I mean, <laughs> not a soul. Yeah. There's there's also like a there's a language to how these things But I was work. following that language. Yeah. The book the book told you you walk in this Well, but that's street. because you're following you look in at, a book. You have to look at somebody in the street. Right handkerchief, you had the right handkerchief. Yeah, there yeah, was I mean, a whole thing in this stupid book that I read. It was like you walk down I would do this. I would walk down Christopher Street, strutting my stuff oh, or whatever. Yeah. And I would the like folded paper try in the back to pocket. try to make uh, yeah, yes. And I would try to like make eyes with somebody and then wait and then turn around and look. And if they turn back, then we would go off and have sex somewhere. And it never <laughs> happened. <laughs> and it was like such a failure. And it was so depressing. Oh, and I yeah. just hated that I this book it. and the magazines, all of this felt like it was one big joke on me. And that, and that, and that you're doing it wrong. And that yes. you're like, like you yeah. know, these books were usually written in the fucking 80s. So you're like, man, how how did they get laid more than me when it was like less acceptable? I, and also like, don't think it's the I, books. I know what it's you mean. Not, yeah. You can't follow. I mean, from I do think I do think it is happening. Of course, it's happening. It, it does happen. It happens everywhere and all the time. Sure. But that said, it's not happening in mass, I don't think. But I also right. think that there is sort of an openness and a language that you have to be able to sort of be open and aware to and not necessarily be looking for it, but just to be almost organically open and aware to it. You can't, it's, it's not something that I think you can be taught or told or read how to do. It's like you kind of, and you can't go to necessarily, cause I mean, maybe, maybe the furniture store you went to maybe 11 AM wasn't the time to go. Maybe like 6 maybe PM so. was the maybe. time well, I, to go. I also you know? know, I remember Elliot, you told me that you would just kind of, uh, you would get on all fours on a street corner and, and dip, your, <laughs> dip your pants below your, your ankles. So like, I, was that, is that, wait, did that you, did either, of you nose. did either of you ever have moments of successfully quote unquote cruising? Well, you guys know, obviously, I don't even take my shirt off with the lights on. Well, there's so no the shirt idea, take, you don't have to take I, your shirt the, off. I, I see. I guess I always thought of cruising as like you're going to hook up nearby. You're going to hook up behind a tree or in the treehouse or something. <laughs> like, I guess at least in the I, book I read, it was like you go off to the other person's apartment or whatever. Uh, so, in that sense, yes, there was one instance once in New York. I walked past this guy. We did that. You know, when you you walk past someone, you look, and they and they. Uh, he also looked that's uh-huh. cruising and then i did it again we did it again and that's so then, cruising and yeah then, yeah so i guess one time then i Good went for to you apartment. it was a disaster yeah. but but uh but so one time yes one time that i happened. did that once we never nothing ever happened from it but i did do the thing once where i looked back and 
this dude was way down the block and i kept literally like hiding like oh, tucking behind i followed so the many building <laughs> <laughs> and then but we did meet we did end up meeting up and you did not speak english but um it wow. was a, a, a nice moment for me what um, about you, you know, alan wait 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 i will what? say this was a this was a fun story there was a guy who I always had a trick where he, I saw this guy walking once and I, this was in LA and I, he was like exactly my type. So I stopped my car like enough ahead that he couldn't see. And mm. I pretended to be lost. Oh boy. And, and so I, he, he also uh -oh. didn't know where he was. And then I, I, I ended up getting chatted him up for a minute and I got his number. And then like, we hooked up like a couple days later. Oh, wow. It's like kind of, kind of close. Patrolling. Yeah. Right. Wow. <laughs> what about you, Alan? I, yes, I have, I have. And I think one of the reasons why I have is because sometimes I was looking for it, but oftentimes I wasn't looking for it. And it just sort of manifested in the situation where you, the thing like you were saying, Brent, you know, you make the eyes and then, and then by making the eyes, I lean into that and go a step further. You know what I mean? It's that whole sort of like domino effect of how it worked. And I had a habit for years, which is so strange where it would be in like museums, like museums would be how I would go about this. And, yes. but it wasn't on purpose. It wasn't on purpose. It was always oh, just sort of like dream. how it happened. I remember one time I was talking, I was texting recently with a friend about it because like one of, not my favorite museums, but my favorite areas of DC, Brent and I's favorite city mm. is Chinatown area. And they have a great museum in, um, well not, I, it wasn't great at the time, but it's becoming great. I've since learned called the Spy Museum. Yeah. And it that happened there where there was an eyes being made. And then of course we went back and it was the whole thing. And, yeah. and then I, it happened once at the Vatican. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. I was in the Vatican and I climbed up to the top <laughs> of the uh, St. Peter's Basilica or whatever the fuck it's called. And there was this one guy that I was kind of making eyes with the entire time. And as we were coming down, we struck up a conversation. And then of course, one thing led to another and wow. we made some pasta. And so like, wow. it, was, it, was, it was, so, so like you. tourist sites and museums were definitely more. That's game. my but, dream. But I, but I will say, I never, I never once, I mean, I guess I looked at the websites that had it in LA here, like in mm -hmm. Griffith Park, you know, the corner or that one. In LA? Or whatever. Really? Yeah, there was a website. I think it's probably the same website that Elliot was huh. mentioning. That, that like there's this bathroom in Griffith Park or there's this thing in West Hollywood or whatever. There's Elliot's apartment. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and I've looked at those things, but I never really did that route. It was more always like, just sort of like organic in the situation. And I just kind yeah, of yeah. leaned into it. My yeah. dream is to make eyes with a stranger at a museum and that begin that begins a beautiful world yeah. of romance yeah uh, well, the romance the romance <laughs> never came but the one night did the one night did but you know you want to know the cruelest irony of all mm. my sister met her husband by she cruised him in a really in a yeah she cruised him in a park and they wow. made eyes they hooked up and now here they are to get married for Five, four wow. years now together for like seven and pregnant with my first niece or nephew. Wow. 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 Yeah, I'll be wow. damned. Which well, I'm so excited about. I'm so excited about. Oh my God. I was texting with her about it. I can't take it. I'm so excited. Me too. Just don't call me a gunkle. Thank you. <laughs> gunkle Glazer. <laughs> gunkle Glazer. <laughs>《What would your aunt say? Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? I still go cruising at the World Trade Center. <laughs> she goes to the 9-11 Museum. <laughs> yeah. My Aunt Joanne would say, if Alan actually meets Rob Reiner, give him my number. <laughs> <laughs> He's my sweetheart. <laughs> How about Aunt Anne? 
My Aunt Anne would say, I've been pulling a con on the state of Missouri for years. I've been 110 <laughs> since 1976. Thanks for listening. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I am H. Hookup Scott. <laughs> oh, fuck you. Just rubbing it in. Just rubbing it in. Just rubbing it in.